Today we're going to talk about Chick-fil-A, popular Christmas toys, the COVID baby boom, yes, a real thing, and comparing how rich you are to the rest of the world. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skellett, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. So as 2022 comes to a close, now it is time for the very last money minute of 2022. So I've got four interesting articles that I highlighted this month. The first one, let's go right into it, Chick-fil-A, my favorite fast food restaurant. I'm guessing probably some of yours as well. This is really interesting. Chick-fil-A is number three in the U.S. in annual sales, which when you really start to think about it is super impressive because the number of locations that they have compared to other big chains like Wendy's, Taco Bell, Burger King, Dunkin' Donuts, like they're number three. McDonald's is number one, far and away number one, because not only the, the amount of revenue made per location, but also they have locations everywhere. And Starbucks is number two. So I, I don't think that takes a lot of people by surprise, but Chick-fil-A is number three, and they have less than a tenth of the locations that McDonald's and Starbucks have. So their per location revenue is just off the charts. Like each place that they open just does phenomenally well. So you, you know it's a Christian company. We know that it's closed on Sunday, and, and we have all the jokes. But there's a lot of other things that make Chick-fil-A unique. And I found a video this month that was really good. It's only an eight-minute video. Uh, I think Wall Street Journal uh, was, was the one behind it. And they kind of did a little bit of a dive on what Chick-fil-A's business model. And it's very different than most fast food chains. A lot of chains like McDonald's and Subway and Wendy's and all the way down the line, they franchise their locations out. And they have, of course, requirements. But they usually require people to pay a pretty hefty amount up front to purchase the franchise, uh, you know, to even start the franchise. And then on top of that, then they have to buy equipment and all, you know, the whole, whole nine yards to get the thing off, off, off the ground. It's just the amount of money to get in the door just to even have the rights to open one of their branch locations usually is pretty high. For Chick-fil-A, get this, $10,000. That's it. But the process is super, super selective. Like their acceptance rate rivals Ivy League colleges. Less than 2% of people who apply to start a Chick-fil-A franchise actually get accepted. And it's a little bit more like, I don't want to say boot camp, but it's a little bit more like a MBA program that they put their franchisees through. They go through a whole deep dive, top to bottom, understanding every aspect of the business. And they require their franchisees to be very involved. This is not, they, they explicitly say, this is not a passive investment. We don't want people buying a franchise location and just, just kind of sitting back and letting other people run it while they do nothing with it. They want their owners to be in the locations, very much involved. And they pour quite a bit of time and training into these folks, and they're very selective. Uh, the video says that there's over 8,000 uh, applicants. They only accept about 130 a year to be new franchise owners. So really interesting. And it goes into their menu, their their service level, their values, uh, Truett Cathy, um, just 
If you want to know a little bit more about what makes Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A and what makes their business model so unique and so successful, it's a really good use of, of eight minutes of your time. Next one is about the Christmas toys, the most popular Christmas toys the year you were born. A little bit clickbaity, but it worked on me, so I'm, just, I'm passing it along. It's a list of the most popular Christmas toys for each year. So you can go back to the year that you were born, find out what the most popular toy was. For me, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I never was really into. Uh, surprisingly, but there were a lot of toys on that list that I definitely remember playing with. It goes all the way back to 1920, the Raggedy Ann doll, and just all the way through. So no matter how old you are, you're going to go back and have a little nostalgia tour because there's a lot of things that you probably forgot about. And there were definitely some toys on there that I had seen, um, you know, maybe I didn't own them, but saw at other kids' houses, that sort of thing, and and, uh, just brought a lot of good memories back. So I think you'll like that list. Next one is about uh, how it's it's a website um, called Giving What We Can, and they have a little calculator on there that uh, that's about how rich am I. So what you can do is you go on the website, and I, of course I've got the link in the email, and you put in your country, you put in your yearly income, and then number of adults, and then number of children, and then calculate. For a family of four that makes $50,000 post-tax in America puts you in the top 10% of wealth in the whole world, which is really astounding when you think about it. That doesn't sound like a lot of money to us. In fact, actually, one of the other things that I have in the email this this month is a, a chart uh, that shows a poll, a survey that was done asking people what annual income would you need to feel rich. Now, this, of course, was in the United States. Over 80% of people said that they would need to have a six-figure or higher income in order to feel rich. Meanwhile, $50,000 for a family of four already puts you in the top 10. And I think it just goes to show us that feeling what, what, when we say feeling rich, for most of us, feeling rich means more than whatever I have. Because I have to believe that what was happening in that survey is if somebody's making $70,000 a year, they say, well, I would need $100,000, $150,000. But the person who's making $100,000, $150,000 a year says, I need two hundred dollars or $300,000 in order to feel rich. And on and on it goes. So no matter what you have, you never really feel rich. That's why perspective is really important, and I I like calculators like this because it grounds us back to reality. The reality is that we are incredibly blessed. We are very rich, not just by world standards, but by just historical standards. You go back 100, 200 years, do you really want to have lived during that era, knowing what you know now and having the life that you have now? I, I think very few would actually want to go backwards in that sense, and so we're incredibly blessed, and we need to be thankful, and sometimes having that zoomed out bigger perspective helps us with that. So try that out. It's a cool uh, uh, calculator to compare your your wealth uh, worldwide. And then last article, this is kind of funny to me, the COVID baby boom. It's a real thing, folks. For all the jokes that were made a couple of years during lockdown about, oh, we're going to see an uh, uptick, uptick in babies being born, turns out it's true. <laughs> so birth rates in America have been on a steady decline for several decades. Um, it's just been down, 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 which is the case in most uh, most first world countries. You, know, you look at Europe, Japan, Australia, like just 
countries that are very wealthy and, you know, uh, on the, kind of on the cutting edge as far as technology and all of these things, medicine, healthcare, very low birth rates. You know, the places in the world that have high birth rates are places like India, Africa, you know, like there, there's certain areas of the world that have much higher birth rates and they're usually not in first world countries. But there was an uptick <laughs> since, uh, since COVID. So I think that is uh, obviously a natural result of forcing millions of people to stay home. And it's not a huge reversal. It's not like off the charts, but it definitely was an interesting like, oh, that goes against the trend. And so if you want to check that out, it's kind of an inter interesting post and chart that uh, highlights that. So other popular posts this month that talked about what annual income you would need to feel rich and the answers to that. And then another great one, and I hope you'll look at this if you haven't seen it on the Facebook page, it shows the S&P 500, the 500 largest stocks in the U.S. market, and their annual returns going all the way back to 1928, which is right before the Great Depression. And you'll see that most of the years have been positive, and there have been some very glaring red years this year, 2022 being one of them. But again, it's an important reminder of why investing is a long-term proposition. You don't want to look at one year and throw the entire playbook out and say, it's all over. Now we do. So having that long-term perspective and seeing how things move over time is really, really important. And I like that visualization. So there you go. There's the money minute for uh, money minute email for December 2022. I hope you had a great Christmas and are planning for some great things in 2023. Hey, if you're a pastor or church leader and you have not checked out Financial Pathway Academy, I hope you will uh, get the first month free. Um, I'm already forgetting the code that I put on. I think it's FPA 2023. But go on the Facebook page. I've got the free code. Try it out for a month. Here's here's the thing, folks. We, we'll spend $50 a month on a whole lot well, on our internet service. We'll, pay, we'll spend more than that on our cell phone bill each month. We'll spend $50 to fill up our gas tank. But $30 a month to make an investment in our personal finances, I think for a lot of people, is like, oh, that's too much. I don't know if I can swing that. Uh, folks, if you will try this out, if you will give it a year and stay with this program, I know it can be a benefit to you. And I'm, I'm really hoping some pastors and church leaders will take advantage of that. And if you're on the fence about it or you want to you want to find out more, then do do a month for free. You can cancel at any time. There's no commitment here. And I, I hope you'll take advantage of that. So uh, there, there you have it. That's the wrap-up for December 2022. A happy new year to you. And we've got another new episode coming up next week in the first week of 2023. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode.